Hello, welcome to Question Block. Hi. I'm uh, Wires of NYC, also known as Alex, and with me is... Ariel Est. Our theme on Question Block tonight is camp. Notes on camp. Not summer camp. But maybe summer camp is pretty campy. True. Um, this is a really fun topic. It's the camp aesthetic, if you will. Yes. Okay. It's a really fun topic. And it's it's really fun to like debate what's camp and what's not. In 2019, it was the Met Gala's theme and a lot of celebrities missed the mark. That's why the general population now today might know it. If you were like our grandparents or like our parents, maybe you'd know like Susan Sontag. And if you were a great, 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 great parents, maybe you'd know Oscar I Wilde. Mean, do you know she was it's Andy Leibovitz's partner? Yes, I did. For like decades. Yeah, it checks I did out. Not. Makes sense. She described it in Notes on Camp, this famous essay published in 1964, she described it a bunch of different ways. A thing I that I love about that essay is she's like, this is not an essay because camp, like you ruin it if you look at it too closely. And to try to write an essay about it would itself be campy because it'd be trying to be serious about something that's fundamentally unserious. So instead it's called Notes on Camp and it's just sort of numbered paragraphs and there's like 30 or 40 of them. In one of them, she says that camp is failed seriousness. It says, one is to start very generally. Camp is a certain mode of aestheticism, mm -hmm. is one way of seeing the world as an aesthetic phenomenon. That way, the way of camp is not in terms of beauty, but in terms of degree of artifice, of stylization. So she breaks down the, the difference between a lot of what we perceive as high art or fine art has a sort of morality to it. It's trying to reveal human truths and beauty. But a big part of art is also the actual like approach of it, the aesthetics of it, like how it's done, how a Broadway show is performed and written, for example, how a movie is shot, all the choices a director makes. Yeah. And camp, for the most part, doesn't care about the morality of the thing being done. It, it is fundamentally concerned with the, the aesthetics and how the thing is executed. So, okay. What's like the first, when you think of camp, like one, two, three, go, what's like the first thing that you the think room. of? The room. The film The Room. It could be the worst movie ever made. If not that, it's Plan 9 from Outer Space. How about you? If I did think of a movie, I would think of Pink Flamingos. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would just say like drag. So like at the very beginning of this essay, uh, Sontag gives examples. Swan Lake. Tiffany's lamps, like those those things. Some of these are debatable though, right? Flash Gordon can... comics. Flash Gordon, sure. I mean, just Marvel like and superheroes in general are camp because it takes a very serious approach, right? Like the Avengers Endgame. But like, they're all wearing underwear and flying around. The Hulk turns into a giant green guy who smashes yeah. stuff. It's a fundamentally like fun thing. So to write, make a very serious movie about it. Let's give a yeah. let's give a history of it because that'll like a quick history because that'll like also sure. help. Okay. So your favorite guy ever? It's our favorite monarch, <laughs> Louis XIV. It's Louis the 14th. The calf showing gay as fuck. The inventor of ballet. Inventor. Of modern ballet. Yeah. Yeah. He's and a great like, dancer himself and the inventor of fashion. Exactly, of couture. So he's like where we all start and like that kind of Baroque aestheticism, like where it's over the top. It's like too much because... Yeah, so him is the Sun King wearing like an outfit completely made of gold or just the Palace of Versailles with rooms completely covered in and handmade golden carved little filigrees everywhere. Even the fact that he had his ballet, like his ballets were starring him and they were like three days long in real time. <laughs> like that's camp. The irony of Louis Fourteenth is it's like it both was camp and almost the reverse because the way he set up his court is to be a, a noble in his court. You had to participate in all this. You had to go to all the balls. You had to participate in his bedtime routine. That's um, campy. Yeah. He's like, watch me undress. But these were like the most important affairs of state. Like this is how you became like close to the monarch is you had to then like empty his chamber pot in the morning and participate in his waking and up ceremony. did it with such like preciousness and yeah. reverence. That's what makes it campy. And I think around then that was when the first like use of the word, maybe it was slightly little after that. I think it was like a stage direction or something. And it was like, stand on one leg, stick your calf out like a campy ass bitch. Someone said, yeah, I was camping about like a clown. Like a comedy king. Oh, comedy king. But that's like the, when you see Louis the 14th, like that's the pose that he's in. He's like, look at my sexy ass calf. Yeah, it's a very serious approach to just gaudy ostentatiousness. Something that when you look at it, you're like, it's just clearly in like bad taste because it's so over the top. And you're just like, it's so bad, it's good. Um, it's so good, it's bad. After that, we get into like the Victorian-esque, like the 
wait, am I totally in two different when Oscar Wilde kind of versus don't... the Victorians? Yes, I mean that's like mid eighteen hundreds. Okay, they're both around the same time. Sure. I always forget. Yeah, let's, let's say that they are for this. The eighteen hundreds. Yeah, there is someone who I really, I really love who did like a full rundown of the Met Gala, but was trying to give the historic context and got it so much more wrong than we're gonna get it. We'll at least put it in the right century. Oscar Wilde is also a camp queen because like dandyism basically so being so, so masculine about. that you're feminine and so feminine that you're masculine again he was like a a big tall handsome guy who absolutely loved clothing and was very much a dandy and cared a lot about his appearance and his hair and everything. This was sort of a heartthrob, but was also gay. And then was just sassy. A lot of his, his writing and short stories and plays, they're very just droll. And also the picture of Dorian Gray is pretty, it's it's pretty campy because the, like, because they got, um, Oscar Wilde got the idea because him and his friend were at this, they were like painting some young, like hot dude. When they left, they were like, oh, it's such a shame that he's going to get old and ugly. Mm -hmm. And then Oscar Wilde is like, I think I'll write a book about that. I don't know if I would extend call that camp because it doesn't, it's not extravagant or over the top as a story. When you actually read the thing, you're like, hmm, pretty engaging, like short story with a moral to it. I just think it's over the top it's how art. he came up with the idea, oh, okay. though. I just think that's like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Sontag also makes the point, though, because you were saying it's the Victorians, right, which is like now post-industrial revolution, mm -hmm. right? And that uh, a huge part of like in order to have camp or appreciate it is you have to be able to kind of like look at art and like raise an eyebrow. And it kind of comes from a place of like the like who used to set the bounds of culture or get to like determine what was good and bad was pretty much the aristocracy. You had to have money to be able to then like have aesthetics to appreciate art or say what was good or bad and then in the victorians sort of also um and then sondag really points out i don't want to jump ahead too far here it yeah. basically is the the emergence of camp is based is is in many ways uh people proclaiming themselves the new arbiters of culture who weren't necessarily aristocrats who basically and it Oh, yeah. She says it basically is the gays in the, in the 60s. Um, she just, she's like the home, the two arbiters of our culture, the, what does she say? The, the uh, entrepreneurs of our culture right now are the Jews and the homosexuals. Um, and yeah, and she, I guess that has some pop psychology reasons for it, but she does make the point that they, people who sort of profess to love camp or are, who are connoisseurs of it, have appointed themselves to be the new ambassadors of like what is art, what is what has value, what is good and what is bad, um, and it's not based on money. It's just based on having a, a sort of refined sense of taste. I don't know but you can have a shit to. sense of taste and still like that's the thing. Camp isn't good, so like, and no one gets to decide what it is. That's like I think a huge thing. Like it just mm -hmm. is. If it's not, it's not. And like if it is, it is. And like, but things you that are can... agreed upon as good camp versus just being bad art, for example. Well, if something is campy, it's an aesthetic, right? And if mm. it's if it's not campy, it can just be shitty. And mm. that's that's kind of what I think you're saying in like a nicer way. Yeah, and there are certain things that you, you look miss for. the mark and you're not extravagant yeah. enough. Even right? in good camp is there's there should be a coherence to it. I mentioned the room before and the thing about the room is every single thing that could be bad about a film is bad in this film. The writing is terrible. The directing is terrible. The editing makes no sense. The sound is bizarre. The acting is terrible. Wardrobe is ridiculous. Well, wh who directed it? Who did it? Tommy Wiseau, who's okay. also the star. So did he do it in earnestness or did he do it on purpose he did. to be bad? He did. He inherited a bunch of money from like an, a Greek oh. oil magnate or whatever. Okay. And so he... Uh, from a with that, he was able to just like shoot his like completely finance and produce his own movie. And all the actors on the movie were like, what the fuck is happening? Okay, so because he did it in earnest, that's like one of the most purest forms because... He also turned into a cult classic himself because he would rent a theater in like Los Angeles every Saturday night to screen his own movie. Because he thought it was good or because he, thought it was he good realized... And, and like people okay. had just had to see it. And, that, and okay. then it became a cult classic so, because of that. Yeah, so that's like the most the most purest form is like when there's someone who's who just is like they're like this is my art and I love it and it's precious and it's just a piece of shit, but it's like coherently a piece of shit, 
And so then it becomes like a cold mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, because you watch it and you're like, it's so it's so terrible, but like it beca- there's a purity to it it's, that is really admirable. It's kind of okay, so here's like an interest of thing that I like John Waters, right? Mm-hmm. So he do you think that God who Stephen King used to say like I write salami and like my salami might be really good, but it's still salami at the end of the day. Like he knows that his work isn't like he wasn't trying to do high art crime or rib writing. or whatever yeah. you know he's not trying to write so, a, a postmodernist like you know manifesto like magnum opus or anything do you think that john waters know like do you think he knows you think he knows that his stuff is salami right yes okay so yeah he's a, i mean he's clearly a very smart in person. some ways the room so, like, dude has like a pure version of camp than john waters he does <laughs> the other movie I named was Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is the worst. It's probably the worst movie I've ever made, but it's a science fiction movie uh, from, I think, the 60s. But it's it's the same thing. The edits just don't make... Suddenly, there's just, like, a new character, like, with 10 minutes left in the movie. Um, yeah. It's sort of a war, war of the worlds, but there's also vampires involved. It just... That's yeah. awesome! It's just a train wreck. Yeah. But if someone had set out to intentionally make that movie... Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't, but also then it would be, like, not coherent, I guess, so... Yeah, so so people have... There's this debate, right? Like, movies that are intentionally campy, like Sharknado or uh, Snakes on a Plane, where, like... <laughs> I'm just saying, we gotta get these motherfucking snakes mm-hmm. off this motherfucking plane. Oh, great plane. line. Yeah. And, like, Samuel L. Jackson, like, hams the fuck out of it because he knows exactly what he's doing, and it is hilarious. And not to say, like, I mean, the movie as a whole act actually isn't hilarious or even worth your time. Because it's not so bad, it's good. It's just bad, but Samuel L. Jackson is fun to watch as an actor. So it's good. But, uh, no, the movie itself is bad, though. You can't, you see, you're like, you're checking your watch. You're like, when are the snakes going to show up? (laughs) Wait, how do, okay, no, sorry. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, how do they even get on the motherfucking plane? Save that for the reptiles episode. Yeah. So, like. Oscar Wilde and the Victorians. Yeah. And we kind of said the Victorians was when you actually had sort of like started to have mass manufacturing and like a sense of like mass commercialism. goods and commercialism and so like low culture and high culture um, when like things being like handmade or custom made was different. Yeah, the Victorians have some like awesome Christmas cards that we talked about in our like goth So yeah, the turn episode. of the century, I guess. So yeah, late... Uh, <laughs> late 1800s Christmas cards that we showed off. Um, yeah, they're just, they're awful. Like, there's, like, a dead bird, and it's, like, may your Christmas be a jolly the one. Weird tur- the weird walking turnip There's a turnip. Yeah, it's just, they're so absurd, and you're like, what? But they love them. They really, I think they got a kick out of them. They they yeah. were like, these are these are funny. These are going to baffle people in the year 2020. So, what, what's the difference between kitsch and camp? Yeah, so... Right, so so uh, kitsch is is sentimental. It is in in no way like ironic or winking at you. Kitsch really is just embracing the thing. So and often like give me an example. I don't know. So camp generally doesn't. Also generally like, with yeah. the exception of the Tiffany lamps, camp generally refers to a performance. So kitsch would be like a a snow globe with like a little child, like rosy cheek child in it or whatever stuff. That's just like very cutesy that evokes like a feeling of sentimentality. You'd have to put like you're gonna, like I'm gonna put every sad character ever in the snow globe. So you'd have like Tiny Tim and like Oliver Twist and like the Turnip Man. man. <laughs> there and, we go. And dead birds and like Jesus in a little manger and Jesus. I don't even know how you. Know I think I like adding Jesus actually makes things pretty camp. Like I think G- Jesus glitter. Oh, that's a real. <laughs> that can like real camp shortcut. shortcut. Yeah. I can't sure. I think I like that, like turning things. From... That's a really good thing, because if you when you invoke religion, which like inherently wants to be taken seriously and is or whatever, yes. suddenly it's like if you're doing a bad job, then you're like you have failed <laughs> at seriousness at whatever thing you're trying to do. So, yeah, uh, yeah the buddy Jesus from Dogma. That Jesus oh. with the two thumbs up is like a great example of like or uh, Korean, Korean Jesus Christ. And because so much of religion really is a moral, religious art is moral. It's trying to like 
right? Transcend, be <laughs> transcendent and like inspiring. And so making like shitty religious art that Jesus, remember the monk repainted that the, I don't know if you follow this news story. It was like 10 years ago, there was this monk, I think in Brazil, who like found this like, uh, like ancient, like painting of Jesus by some like Renaissance master. Uh, no, it was somewhere in Europe, but he, okay, he tried to restore go. it himself. What? And okay. so like, and he didn't know how to paint and, or like have any like access to techniques or anything. So, <laughs> so the, then he restored it. And when he revealed it, it took him like years. He revealed it. And Jesus looked like a, this horrible, creepy monkey. <laughs> he had like extended his hairline down. So it was just around his face. Oh my God. We can talk about like old Hollywood, um, the Ziegfeld Follies. Like those are all like campy. So yeah, the next movement we would talk about would be Art Nouveau which is like very early 1900s, right? And during like the Belle Epoque or whatever. And uh, Art Nouveau is a very, as an art style, is like very ornate, very pretty. And that's considered, like a lot of it's considered camp. Because um, it's like over the top. Flo every letter has like crazy flourishes on it. Um, but also because like the acting and the performing, because a lot of these actors were coming, and dancers, whatever, they were coming from like, the theater and now there's film all of a sudden and so like they're still extremely exaggerated oh in the early yeah well, well that's post post uh art nouveau i'm just oh, saying okay. the the as far as like stylistically the tiffany lamps would be like they're inspired by art nouveau that's one reason oh the beaded that. dresses like that's flappers flappers that's around are time. susan sontag yeah that's true Feather boas, the cigarette girls. If we're thinking like drag queens, it's like a very violet tchotchke. Yes. A big Ooh. part of camp is often the epicene. Yes, I was and just going to say that. Oh, my God. The, we're so The merging of masculine feminine qualities, sort of because androgynous qualities. All the um, the suits for men were like very well fit. They were like kind of like they were like well fitted formed. And then like for women, those flapper dresses and stuff were like not feminine. Like they were like. Very baggy. very baggy yeah and the hair was like very masculine for mm -hmm. women like the bob the bob was scandalous so yeah then that, then we're getting into the sort of 30s 40s golden age of hollywood you know they spoke in atlantic what i'm talking on the radio <laughs> and i've i'm used to talking in the theater and i don't realize that there's a microphone <laughs> yeah like that's kind oh. of oh i see Ma i mean have you seen mommy dearest no, I have not. I think it was Faye. Who was the one from Chinatown? Faye. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's kind of pissed because she she said that they only used her like most dramatic takes, and she actually thinks that Joan Crawford. She likes Joan Crawford. It's a movie about Joan Crawford. It's it, the movie of the tell-all book that Joan Crawford's like adopted daughter wrote about how abusive Joan Crawford was to her. Okay. And Faye really liked Joan Crawford, and she's been quoted many times as saying, like, only God knows if, like, the abuse was real or not. But she doesn't think that she really abused her, and she she said the directors only used her, her most, like, dramatic takes. But they're so... Over the top, like I'm, you know, I'm sure you know the the wire hangers were like so. Basically, the Joan Crawford character is nice. like, you know, her she sees that like her daughter has wire has wire hangers, um, her dresses, and she's like, I've gotten you the most beautiful dresses, and you, you know, you hang them on wire hangers, and she's like, No more wire oh. hangers i'll show you and she starts oh, beating the shit out of her with yeah. wire yeah and then there you know the barbara please where she's like barbara please like that's like a very drag you know they put it out and then they were like oh people think of this as like not a serious movie so they so they like remarketed it and yeah and now oh, it's as like, like as a comedy I suppose. yeah as like a cult you know you know thing and then I would say ro people know Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. But see, Mommy Dearest is like pure camp because they didn't, they made it as a serious movie. Yes. <laughs> and then they were like, wait. Because Rocky Horror is intentionally a very silly movie. Right. Pink Flamingos. It's very camp. It's so ridiculous. And Divine is so ridiculous. I mean, yeah, Divine eats. <laughs> Do you know that? Divine like actually ate dog shit in that yes, movie. Yes, that's a famous fact that everyone knows about. 
Yeah. Flamingo. And you know that the dog that they were using wouldn't shit <laughs> on that day. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I don't John, know the full story. So just real quick, John Waters and Divine, they were they were they live like down the street from each other, but they met like later mm-hmm. in life and or in their twenties. And um John John Waters was like you know, I guess everyone looked at Divine as like kind of like ugly or gave her like bat like these like mean glances and John Waters like I thought she's the most beautiful person ever. John Waters gave her the name Divine because he liked the definition of Divine in the dictionary. He was like, wow, what a cool definition. So gave her that name. He also on an airplane somewhere, he like told her to go in the bathroom and like shave her hairline back and like shave her eyebrows off and they beat her face on the airplane she came off as divine and she basically never went back oh so she he and and divine developed like the character a very distinctive style and character yeah she would do kind of whatever john waters asked her to do because they were like really good friends and she trusted him and he asked her he was like would you eat dog shit for me and she was like yeah of course and then like a year later he's like the day has come and there were the dog just like w- that day wasn't going they had to give it like an ed- <laughs> and then she doesn't actually swallow it though she like she she just like chews it and then you can see her gagging in the actual <laughs> movie it's like really gross it's so gross it's so gross but it was done in you know john waters was like he goes he was like i only asked for one take i mean i'm not he's like i'm not a sadist or anything like <laughs> Right, the plot of the movie is that it's the contest to be the most disgusting person. Yes. And the contestants take it very seriously. Yes. And do, like, really outrageous And they get really upset, and, too. Yeah. Like, they're like, I'll show you disgusting. <laughs> it's like... Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so the movies... Oh, what do you think of... Right, you said Planet Nine, the Planet Nine thing. Planet Nine from Outer Space. Okay. And The Room are both uh, unintentional camp, and they're just, like, atrociously bad movies but in a like consistent uh almost admirable how how just terrible they are through and through uh both those films there's a there's like a famous seinfeld ep- well they're all famous to me but there's a seinfeld episode where they're waiting in the lobby of a chinese restaurant to like have dinner and the whole episode is them waiting to get seated but they're waiting they're going to eat dinner and then go see plan nine from outer space yeah, they're they're the movie they're going to see is like this very campy sci-fi movie. Oh, so I have yeah, I have the list of like campy. Oh yeah, Adam movies. West is Batman. Yes. We can kind of jump around. Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't care about that one. Not not Rocky. Oh, Tu Wong Fu with uh, Thanks for Everything, Julie it's, Newmar. It's drag, honey. It's drag, but it's also like the plot is so crazy. Like Mommy Dearest. Uh, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, Barbarella. And I was I was laughing before his Blackula, which I oh, didn't yeah. even know. So, so exploitation movies, which are B movies, fit like right into the realm. Is Get Out yeah. campy? No. That's it's just like a pretty well done horror film. Okay. Um Is Is Sorry to Bother You campy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, don't want to spoil it, but especially spoil like it. the turn it takes in the last third the Equisapiens. The That's when it becomes camp. At yeah. first, it's just like a parody of like working in a call center and like American consumerism, or but also like the the co- like the weird surreal. I guess surrealism is a big part of it because like the copier. Remember, like in the other room, the copier is just like exploding. And they're like, yeah, but there's just hints of it around the edges, right? And the code, the code for the, the elevator code that takes like, like a full minute yeah. to punch in. Like, there's hints of like very silly things happen, and then the movie just goes like off the rails in the last like third. the worst people. And yeah, the worst it's people. so good. Oh, I wanted to say so. Right, Blackula is like classic like exploitation film or whatever, or black exploitation film. But also, we watched uh, Dolomite. Dolomite, yes. Which is a great film. The The recent Eddie Murphy movie is, that was called My Name is Dolomite. And then Dolomite was the actual movie. Yeah. But Dolomite's a great example of camp because it was made, they were very serious. Like 
the character was a joke, but they were serious about trying to make an action movie with that character. Yeah. And like, I think that's what like my name is Dolomite like, ca captures their like earnestness of like the film crew. Yeah, it's very sweet. It is sweet though. It's sweet. There's like sweet moments. I think there probably is with a lot of like stuff that gets later seen as camp is there is a naivete and like. Did you say naivete? Yeah. Naivete and how it's made. <laughs> and like there is a sweetness to like a lot of it, which to, to be clear, to like consider something camp and appreciate it as such is to love it while also feeling some revulsion to, towards it. And yes. Oh, yeah. That, that um, what was it? Hot Lamode was like, I hate it. It's the worst thing ever, but I love it. But I love it because yeah. of that. But Susan Sontag says she's like, you, if you absolutely love and are like a cultural movement, you can't critique it. You're part of it. You can only express it. You, it has to be coupled with some level of like also hatred for and revulsion for the thing. <laughs> Uh, so that you can love it for all of its qualities while still realizing it's, I suppose, its faults. Oh, um, okay, so we got, we had the ba Batman, the movie, which, yeah, just these, like, fucking we're costumes just, with the masks are so funny. Adam West Batman. Yeah. Right? Because they're, I mean, that, that movie, like, famously has inspired, like, tons of parodies. Is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Robin, right. hop on my back. I'll carry you down. Yes, down. yes. <laughs> um, oh, we have... Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Classic. Is that campy just because of the outfits? Yeah, yeah. And just like, I guess they're campy. Maybe the movie. I don't know. Also, the dance, dude, the fucking dance at the end, time after time. It's funny because that scene makes the, the whole film. It like Alan coming as like the fucking rich dude. Showgirls, classic. I feel like any movie or sick soap opera or anything where there's like a lot of like bitch slapping and like possibly like drink throwing. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know. Sure. Like, ah, you know, like mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like pretty camp. That's that makes a campy situation. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to baby Jane? Xanadu. All right. Beaches. Beaches with Bette Midler. That's also like a really... Oh, and duh, fucking the Wizard of Oz. I couldn't think of the name. Yes, the Wizard of Oz, very. Um, yeah, and there's certain performers who are like, their whole thing is, is camp. So like, that's why we opened with Cher. Yeah. Like renowned Ooh, for like, we wearing should go... like all like crystal outfits and stuff. We should be like intentional or 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 not. Okay, Should we sure. go through? Like, okay, Liberace. Oof. What do we... uh, intentional. Okay. So Cher. Do you think Cher is like, is like, I'm... Now Cher knows, but like, do you think she's like, I'm beautiful? Like, which she is, but like, do you think those dresses and stuff, she's like, I'm classy bitch? Or is she like, I want extravagance? I think she was like, this is the most beautiful, resplendent outfit I could wear so to sing she... my like, gorgeous songs. And these are like, world changing. She wasn't just like, this is a catchy pop song. She was like, I believe in life after love. This is yeah. why I have to sing my truth. Let's see. Oh, um. Tiger King? Yeah. He's, isn't he campy? There is a line between campy and just trashy. Because so much of Tiger King is you're like, these are just like, these are trash people behaving these in a are trash, trash yeah and then like yeah so i don't know <laughs> come on when he's holding the tiger and he's bit, like he's like true. there's nothing wrong with like there's people who love tigers and tigers love those people yeah i mean i and feel like that's kind of campy i feel like that yeah particularly because he's like very earnest about it it's yeah it's true yeah you're right and there is a sincerity there although yeah, it's funny because it's, yeah, shooting is a documentary that is, like, edited, I think, in a very, like, whoever edited that documentary, like, knew what was going on, I guess. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, we were talking about Best in right, Show this think morning. Yeah. Like, that, like... Well, no, so, so, like, Tiger King, I would, yeah, Best in Show is not an example. Best in Show is so well done as, like, a mockumentary. Yeah. And they're... They're perfect, but that's that, like, intentional. That it's intentional camp, but it's good. It's intentional camp that's camp. done exceptionally well. Yeah, the seriousness okay. of all the characters as they do these very silly things and behave in like silly ways is like perfect, and it's never so over the top that it's not believable. It's like always just like could it could be real is what's so beautiful about all of like yeah yeah it that, is real that like film collectives movies or whatever they're like 
Yeah, you're like, is the a documentary about the Westminster Dog Show? I don't understand. Um, yeah, they're just bizarre enough that it's right. Like this is Final Tap could be a real the Westminster Penis Show. Yes, that's your camp fantasy. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Barbara Streisand, and like Yentl. Yes. Okay. Was that was she for real? Did she? Was she like Papa? Can you hear me? Was she like for real? Was that her version of Howl? So in studying for this episode, I actually watched Yentl. So she was very serious. It took her over ten years to get that movie made. Um, and she directed it. She directed and it acted died. in it. It did really, like, critics, like, it got, like, reasonable reviews from critics and, like, won some awards. Um, but, yeah, based on a short story of a, a, a Jewish girl living on a shtetl who wants to study Tal Talmudic law, so she uh, dresses as a boy so she can study, but yeah. then falls in love with her classmate. Yeah. Who's a boy who thinks he might be gay. Shout out to Phil Von Awesome, who's the best piece ever to Papa. Can you hear mm -hmm. me? But that's like, uh, yeah, she wrote the music for that that film and, and like decided to make it a musical. And she plays a character and she like, there's a story that she was inspired. Like the project kept getting canceled and like no one wanted to produce it because they were like, it's too ethnic. <laughs> it's, too it's too ethnic. Yeah. For Hollywood. Come on. Uh, so they yeah kept getting turned down and then yeah I'm like that's their the name of the classmate that she falls in love with is like Anselm and then she was visiting her father's grave with her brother and the grave next to his had the name Anselm on it and she was like it's a sign that my father wants me to make this so super okay. genuine okay alrighty Barbara, that's why we yeah, love yeah never Barbara question Streisand. the sincerity of Barbara Streisand I I Don't never will ever. I never will. Ever. Let's see. Give me some. Lady Gaga. It's definitely intentional because she's a Jersey bit. That's that's what's like beautiful about it is that she's pretty fucking trashy as like a person, but then she pretends to be like a highfalutin person pretending to be trashy. But I'm like, you already are. <laughs> so you're just like being yourself. She is both herself like very smart, but works with very smart people as well. Also, she might have killed team. someone and taken their darkness. <laughs> sure. It's very calculated camp. To be fair, so. when you talk about a pop star, you're really talking about a team of like whatever. Of who cares? Let's just talk about the pop star. Sapphire. Like. Yeah, okay. whatever. Uh, here's this one for you. This one that's fun. Eminem. <gasps> oh, I think. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I think he's serious because he just was like, here's my music. Right. And people were like, I think he's when I think Dr. Dre met him. He was expecting like a POC to show up. And it was. Eminem. No, no. He got famous because he was a, a white rapper who was talented. No, no. But like what I'm saying is he he didn't have his branding yet when he was sent he was just like i'm a very good rapper mm. no he did okay he did. all right heard, whatever I've his, okay I've, I've heard his early so freestyles. you tell me the answer i know the westwood freestyle it's amazing he's like this crowd will turn against you if you turn my facial tissue into a racial issue he knows his classics you know he knew where it was coming from exactly where his position in the industry i think his addiction to it was like sleep to white feeders Oh, no, sorry. his like his like rehab and addiction. He lost his sense of humor. But I think in the first. Oh, like, he got addicted to sleeping pills like ah. Oh, I didn't know that. OK. Yeah. His like first three albums. He's like very self-aware and and like of exactly he's, his place. He's woke. And then he woke and then yeah, he, he went asleep. to sleep. Oh, that's so funny. OK, that's campy. Harsh. <laughs> he did. He had this this dark period where for like six years he didn't put on any albums and was like because he was sleeping. Addicted to, like, yeah, that's a very wealthy person addiction, right? It's like Nancy Kennedy or whatever, being addicted to sleeping pills. RuPaul. Yeah, super self-aware. Like, but is yeah. he? Is he, though? Because apparently he ha he has, like, someone in his ear all the time telling him. I don't think he can, like, read and memorize a script. But I think he's still, like, like very smart and, like, very aware of culture and, like, the impact Oh, true, 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 true. And we've specifically... You you've heard on podcasts. And you I love about... this. Can I say it? I sure. love it. He goes. He's like you know. Sometimes sometimes I just like to go to like Walmart and I just like to look around and see you know just see what's going on in culture. Just see what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like 
he's like, because this is going to influence like the next drag challenge. We're going to be like, here's these new Walmart dog leashes and you have to make an outfit out of them. You have to, you have to make a look. As long as you do it with love, as long as you do it with love and you make me laugh, you got to make me laugh. <laughs> Which is, I mean, could be that's, its own little yeah. summary of camp in, yeah. a, in a way. If it's done with love and it makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Is... He doesn't like when people... Wait, is camp authentic or not? In what sense? What? <laughs> what are you... <laughs> because what he's mean? always, like, getting mad at people if they're not their true selves. Yes. So I guess that's, like, bad camp when you're not... When you're, like, faking it? I don't get it. Tell me. Explain. <laughs> Well, drag, I mean, Drag Race isn't just about doing camp. No, but there is something to that. Like, I feel like I feel like a lot of people, when they think they're being campy, mm. but they're, oh, that's what it is. They're afraid to go, like, all the way, though, because they're afraid of embarrassing themselves. That's when it fails. Yes. But then it, They're afraid of being vulnerable. It, it is true that, like, Rue wants you to have, and Drag Race wants you to have a distinctive style and, uh, like, a signature of, like, what you're doing and your type of drag and... It should very much come from like your own character and be an extension of yourself. Right? Yeah. Like the best one method or technique of acting is you find like that part of the character within yourself so that you can then like live in it. Yeah. Like, but this actually contradicts like the, the type of acting that was very like dramatic or whatever. And then there's method acting, which is like the opposite of camp because, because there's no studying or like preparing I actually read. Well, method no? acting is trying to live as the character. Yeah, no, it's it's against camp. Like I literally like read something about this the other day. Okay, I mean it's just like to be a method actor is like that's like Daniel Day Lewis or whatever. Because just it's like, subtle, but that's the thing. Being a method actor is like subtle and like the nuances and camp is like not. It's like oh, big. Sure. Camp That's what I mean. Production performance, whereas method acting is like you try to be try to be that realistic, person. which is not camp. Sure. Yeah, it's Daniel Day Lewis becoming Abraham Lincoln for six months. But 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 Daniel Day Lewis. <clears throat> in his regular life method acting that's campy because like if he's at starbucks being abraham lincoln that's campy as fuck did you sure. get it I yeah even know. oh my god blade's oh. campy oh yeah blade, blade is, super is campy. so campy i i mean we said a bunch of yeah. like most action movies are like campy right and particularly like marvel and superhero movies and blade is like right there with them because it's like deadly serious star wars christmas spectacular oh yeah well, that even more so, because that was Star Wars trying to have we fun. Are there, oh, my God, Golden Girls. How could we forget? Sure. Okay, so let's talk Golden about the Girls actually was great because it was in the Oscar Wilde tradition of camp and that it was, like, just just kind of, like, cunty, like, back and forth. Cunty it's Southern really Bells, like, yeah. These, these well, like, ladies. proper, but, like, everything is proper except you're a fucking well, cunt rue is rue is like <laughs> and i mean rue that can or whatever is a southern bell right the original rue yeah the original rue and then there's like uh yeah i forget the other one's names but the there's yeah there's blanche there's there's betty white Blanche, yeah, right? blanche Dubois, betty white was the ditz yeah and then uh b arthur was like the serious one the man <laughs> The epicene, and then, yeah, uh, and I forget the the name of the actress who played the mother. Oh, Sophia Petrillo was yeah. like the mother. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was like she was. Okay. The, she, okay, her like I love her, but like her, the female gremlin and fucking like little Wayne are legit the same person. I swear to God, they've like never been in the same room together. She's so she's so cute. Who are some campy fashion designers? Galliano, oh Mugler, Karl Lagerfeld. <laughs> Okay. But, like, what he did for Chanel was, like, modernize it, but he did, like, campify it a bit. Because mm -hmm. he was like, let's let's make this a little more... Oh, Versace? All, both, all of them? In different styles. So, right, wait, don't just name names, because those listening don't necessarily know, like... Moschino? Describe, Moschino? describe each house and, like, sort of why the style is campy. Okay, so Mugler d did a lot of really, like... First of all, the runways are amazing, are amazing. And the, the like the 90s ones, 90s to like early 2000s, they are stuff that you could not wear. They're like insane. 
Why? What's an example of like the Mugler outfit? Well, was he the Egyptian? Who did the Egyptian one that we saw? Can you look that one up? Yeah. I, yeah. Is that, Can you, yeah. Is that Yves Saint Laurent? Yves Saint Laurent? Yeah. Um, you'll find out. But Mugler is famous for that like superhero silver body, body robot that looks like um, the Svedka girl. That was Chanel, the Egyptian theme. Oh, okay. So the, yeah. But who is the designer though? Yeah. So there's different designers for different houses. So yeah, Mugler does a lot of like futuristic, very like accentuated tits and ass, like pointy oh, robot right. that tits. Was, that was Carl Lagerfeld. Oh, and that was, oh, so Carl Lagerfeld for Chanel did this crazy like Egyptian run like runway where they were it was like the boat challenge from like season four of drag race where like they had the models had these like legit like egyptian boats on them and they like couldn't even walk they legit couldn't walk and they were like had this weird posture where they were like thrusting their hips like it was like this weird lean instead of doing a turn on the couch they would kind of lean back yeah so that one was crazy extravagant also GoPay has a really, GoPay is a newer des, uh, designer. Most famous Chinese fashion designer. Yeah, who does everything hand beaded, these crazy shoes. They're just like, in, they're just insane. They look like but acrylic For example, chunks. like dresses and outfits inspired by Flow Blue China. Um, like those patterns that you see on like but the very fancy They're just so big and dress. like you can't wear them. They're not realistic. They're just for the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, giant plastic shoes. And then um, what you said, Moschino, which is... Your favorite, I think, with the McDonald's and... Moschino's like almost all of the like... There's a ton of phone cases by Moschino and they're all like... <laughs> There are, and they look like a Windex bottle or like a McDonald's a French fries. Perfume. The perfume was like a win. There's like a, I think a Windex bottle looking yeah. perfume. So, so there's a lot of like, uh, or like the condom earrings. Condom earrings, or like uh, made a cape out of like fabric that has the Budweiser logo on it. So there's a lot of like repurposing. That was for the Met Gala. Yeah, that yeah. was in the Met Gala like camp exhibition. So a lot Damn. of like repurposing. Uh, yeah, consumer goods and capitalist stuff as like high fashion or as like just other stuff. Yeah, something that's true because like McDonald's, condom, like they're all like, I guess condoms are not trashy, but like the look, like if you see a condom wrapper, you're like, oh, it's like a trash person. Aristocrats do not. Eat yeah, but shoes. then you make it out of gold and it's like, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Consumer um, goods, yeah. Yeah, Gautier also. The sailors, mm -hmm. like sailors the ads. Are, sailors are generally just camp icons, I suppose. Also. Yeah, but they, remember the Gautier like ads with the sailor, like they were just like sailor, hot sailors. Because mm -hmm. ads were like very hot. Ooh, American Apparel, camp or not. Not, I mean, not now, but like. No, I don't think it ever was. That was just like, that was like. The LeMay, the ads, though. American Apparel is so funny because it was, like, was just an outdoors clothing store. What? And then it was, like, Dove Charney's, like... Yeah, I mean, American Apparel under Dove Charney. Yeah, Dove Charney's, like, specific vision for the company. But the LeMay and the fanny packs? No? Are we just... No? Trash? Just trashy? I don't think it was ever over the top enough. A lot of it was actually, True. like, pretty simple clothing. The camel toe, though? The accentuated it's a camel way toe. of wearing it that was like I guess very sexual. Because uh, Lucky Thirteen Queen is oh. into metal. Who are some metal? I can think of like some metal camp icons. Can you? Oh, like heavy metal music. Camel toe. Like, who do we? Come on. Like Meatloaf. Oh yeah, I guess Meatloaf. Like Freddie Mercury. Fre well, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Immortal. Um, just like that aesthetic too has like a very it has like a crossover with like the 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 comic book art like the Mandy art like the fantasy yeah, the, the metal yeah Boris Vallejo is like a, one of the quintessential artists of that like yeah. fantasy style it's, they make great tattoos also 
Yeah. That that's style. But yeah, the the chainsaw on top of a pile of demons with like the hot girl. Yeah, know, exactly. Like that's sort of, and and Lucky Thirteen Queen is that hot girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> Basically. Um um, a great example, I think, of a camp, a very campy, like, more recent metal band would be Dragon Force. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know them, but they're, like, like, in the 80s and 90s, Megadeth was a band that was criticized for being too clean, because their guitar playing was, like, perfection. They were technically yeah. just exceptional, and people were like, it's, it's, metalheads would be like, come on, where's the grunge? Like, there's no, like, it's not actually dirty, or, like, it doesn't rock. But Dragon Force is like Megadeth squared. And they're just like insanely technically good. So they were always like the hidden level on Guitar Hero would be a Dragon Dragon Force song. And so they're like, and all the songs are like, grab the fire of flame and kill the beast. Yeah, and it's like the like Megadeth, like this crazy falsetto guy singing. The band Rush is like sort of metal. What? Yeah, the Canadian band Rush. It's like songs about Wait. trees and environmentalism. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I think but I feel like metal is is camp too because a lot of metal like they're like a lot of the artists are like actually they are very good. They're very like musically good and the, and they're like screaming and they're the hair and like the makeup. It's, it's technical excellence singing about the plots of comic books for the most part. But but yeah, like the drummers from in religion, bands are as we talked about before, like, like the devil. Yeah, and the devil, the yeah, devil, and Satanism. And, like which is yeah. So like, if anything, it's like an exception of uh, metal bands that aren't camp, right? Like Rob Zombie. I mean, Rob Zombie uses all the quotations from yeah, like I've... I. You don't like Rob Zombie? Oh, that's though. true. He does use like quotations use my body from all to these keep you alive. Yeah. yeah, and. Marilyn Manson is like he's super into it. He's into the exaggeration, the Ephesian male, oh, his female, androgyny. his yeah. androgyny, his like. I mean, he also who did he date? Who had like the the banging bod? Uh, and he oh he had a whole album about like dandyism. Zita Zita Vantis. Uh, he has an, a whole album that is about dandyism, and he actually he has a song. Where he says that he's a dan, he's like, in the song, he's like, I'm a dandy. I actually, this is one of my favorite albums of his. I okay. love Marilyn Manson. I have so many pieces to his music. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you the camp factor then. He's also all about, he's like, I'm Satan, but also I'm not. Like, I'm God, I'm Jesus and Satan and like, you know, everything. Yeah, he likes to use a lot of religious iconography, which as we said, shortcut to camp. Shortcut to camp. <laughs> he uses religious iconography. Okay, so I guess we have to talk about the Met Gala, right? Oh, I was gonna say oh. we one other. I was thinking of the metal bands, right? Yeah. And so, like, I was thinking of like Metallica, which is oh. like a grittier, quintessential metal band. They themselves, I don't think, are that campy, and like, they also like they're they're not singing in like a dramatic, crazy falsetto or anything. Like, they're and they like keep it very masculine. So, like, I don't think you would say that they're camp. But one of their songs is "For Whom the Bell Tolls." About that writer. <laughs> yeah. Well. uh, so Susan Sontag actually calls out for whom the bell tolls as a piece of camp, which is funny because she calls Oh, it that's right. Yes. Very, it won a bunch of awards. It, it like should have won the Pulitzer, but the like the head of the Pulitzer Foundation found it like offensive. But it came out in like 1940 and is about the Spanish Civil War. But it's written in this really shitty translated Spanish. Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, Hemingway. There you go. Duh. Uh, yeah. So we're in the bell tolls. So, like, so campy. She considers it to be camp because it's like very serious about like the Spanish Civil War and like death and everybody's like facing death and and how they're all like comrades, like fighting the fascists and stuff. But at the same time, like there's some very stilted love scenes in it. It's like written from the point of view of an American who falls in love with a Spanish resistance fighter, and uh, so the so this band so the the so you're saying that that song is campy of them. She just I think Susan Sontag regarded as she's like it's a very serious book, executed terribly, and then like not written in Spanish and the translations are in this like very weird way that like Hemingway didn't seem for whatever reason he translated spanish literally instead of like like word for word so it reads like very stilted english yeah, yeah. i was just looking anyway. up the the these are like it's just like an illustrated guide to like illustrated examples. guide to camp 
Oh, yeah. yeah. What so do you have there? The essence of camp is its love of the unnatural and of artifice and exaggeration. Sure. Oh, I so, see Cher. Cher and Cher. Madonna with her pointy tits. And Madonna with her... Uh... Her bullet tits. Madonna's like serious about herself, right? Do you think she always was? Madonna's very serious about herself. I think she always was, actually. Always? Even when she dated Vanilla Ice and they made the book together. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think she was like, she was like, I'm gonna show like our gorgeous bodies to like the world. They have to see this. There like, is a very that book is very cool. There is a very cool photo where she has a mirror, or he has a mirror and he's holding it up to his like nipple, but it's like her breast in the mirror. It's pretty cool. All right. You should get the book. I think you can get it on like Kindle. Mm. It's just pictures Black too, Hills so you don't have to read. Um, let's see. No, I think, uh, look, I mean, Madonna either went crazy at some point in the last, like, 40 years, or she was the whole time. Um, but I think, I think she's always been kind of loopy and very serious. Loopy and serious. But, But I don't know that she, I don't think she has as much involvement in her songs as, like, Lady Gaga does, for example. So it's hard to say with every pop artist is different with how much involvement they have. But we didn't talk about Katy Perry. Yes, Katy Perry, one of my the, Kind of the queen of camp, if anything. My truest love. Because, um, right, like, Gaga has done, like, songs and things that, like, weren't campy. She's done stuff seriously. She's Like her show with Tony Bennett? She did an album of jazz standards, yeah. Like, she is like, a classically like, like trained... Hollywood Vegas standards or whatever. She's a classically trained pianist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, I mean, yeah, playing playing piano on all her stuff, a lot of her songwriting, and like you wouldn't consider. Can- Whereas Katy Perry, through and through, I don't think has done anything that wasn't. Yeah, and even like her yeah. with the shark, with the left shark. I mean, not not that she played that whole for, spectacle, that whole thing that with whole the beach, beach ball tits. <laughs> beach ball She's had so many things be her tits, like beach balls, whipped cream, and that's that's a very campy thing. Is like to. Yeah, it's it's a vision well, of the world. Oh, what? I wanted mm-hmm. to say too, but Katy Perry, even like her, like I'm trying to think of an example of like a a Lady Gaga like serious song, like a love song or something. Oh, um, the gay one with the mermaid. <laughs> the gay mermaid one. Come on, um, you and me or something like that. You and I. Yeah. No, Isn't that's that- like a western. She's like a she plays a cross-dressing cowboy, which actually is pretty campy. Oh, okay. Um, What's the mermaid one where it's like where she's like a mermaid? Anyway, there have been parts of her career that weren't camp. Whereas Katy Perry is like even her serious ones like Firework, like an empowering song. Do you just, ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind? I mean, it's a good American Beauty reference. But just, I'm I'm definitely doing a piece very soon where I had that song playing and then I come out and do a pole piece dressed in trash bags. She's a great example actually of of do you wonder if it's is it intentional or not? Because like Firework, you watch the video and you're like, this is meant to be inspiring to like bully teens and like tell them that like it's okay, Katy Perry will shoot fireworks out of her tits. For like, you. For you. For you and you and you and you. It gets better. Yeah, it's 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 a very like hashtag motivation uh, bully teens, but like, basically, which makes it like because it's failed seriousness because it doesn't fucking help any of that stuff. So is um, it, I don't know. It helped me when I was a teen. You you listen to Firework and were inspired by it. I was like, someday I'm gonna move out of this small town. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I've always been from New York. Maybe bitch. it does. Yeah, right. It's in the realm of like you'd be like it's. As Sontag says, if you can put quotation marks around it. So, like, yeah. firework is inspiring. Yes. Um, like if, you, if you're, like, yeah, partly brain damaged, you're, like, wow. Wait, okay, here's how you know. Here's how you know. And religion, again, what? but the reverse. If she's religious, then she's serious about it. If she's not, mm. then she's not. That's how, because, like, Hannah Montana or whatever, didn't she have, like, a pastor dad and, like, some of her shit. Her dad was Billy Ray Cyrus. Right? She's Miley Cyrus. Her dad was a country star. Oh, yeah, whatever. That's like music star. Who had the pastor dad? Kesha. That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to... Miley Cyrus, I don't even want to talk about. The fact that she's now abandoned hip-hop and gone back to doing, uh, like, not being, like, wild and doing, like, I don't know. 
You put that in quotations, though. She's back. She's back. She's back to like wholesome music, I guess, and a wholesome image. Beyonce. I don't think she's campy. Destiny's Child. Certain things, sure, like the glove and like the the like girls' dancing routine and like single ladies are like. No, but I'm campy. saying, isn't that interesting though? Like Destiny Child is really campy. campy. Yeah, because it's but like Beyonce a, is like, no, I'm gonna go oh, up and for, be like in Survivor and when they're like dancing in fatigues in the jungle. And they're like crawling. They're like they're army like, yeah. crawling, but they have like heels on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's great, but like. Yeah, so much of what Beyonce does actually is like oh a rare case of she she nails it a lot Nicki of Nicki Minaj. Can't be. Yeah. Super can't be. Now she's a mom though, so Yeah, I don't know when she's been up to uh, uh wet ass pussy? Yeah. I guess she yeah. Who's campier, Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Well no, Cardi B's kind of the new Nicki Minaj, right? Don't no one is the Nicki new Minaj Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj wasn't a wet ass pussy. What? That was Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi Oh, Megan. Oh, my God. Nicki Minaj is, like, edged out. She's gone. Yeah, that's what <gasps> I'm saying. I'm crying right now. You thought she was in that song because... No, I just... Because Cardi B has so stolen her I archetype died. that you thought she did that song. I wanted her to do that song, but I knew that she didn't in my heart. <laughs> yeah. No, but she had her whole pink Barbie thing. Or the black Barbie, but, like, she was, like... Pink Friday. Pink Friday, yeah. Yeah, the black Barbie. Pink Friday. Which is, Barbie is the campiest thing ever. Barbie's like camp. Yeah, yeah, her, her very, like, QT. Well, who else did you want to discuss? Well, I had I a had hundred, which we won't discuss all a hundred. Oh, my God. Because we've done movies and... Drag. Uh, so, drag is like, oh, yes. hello. That's, like, where it is right now. Drag is where camp is. It, that's where it likes to live the most. If to be, you need... Yeah, so much of what... It is, I suppose, with intentional campers, well, appreciating a camp aesthetic, the, appreciating an uh, aspiring to extravagance in a silly but, way. But it's also playing on like the stereotypes of like masculine and feminine. So it's like extreme femininity or like androgyny or ex it's an extreme like uh, gender mm. portrayal, like the padding, the like. You know, it's like, you can just, like, put a, I mean, you can't, you can do whatever you want, but, you know, the, the whole, like, padding thing is, like, no, yes. I want giant tits, like, divine, and pat, like, it was, like, enormous tits. Oh, I will say, Susan Sontag does say that nature can never be camp. Things that are in nature. There is a rustic camp, but it's human-made things that are in nature. So if, like, Ooh, so like if the there's, like, campy farmers or whatever. Well, the dandelion is like an outfit made to mimic a dandelion, but nature itself, because it is naturally in its own state and there's no artifice, a waterfall cannot be camp. <laughs> how would you make a waterfall camp? You can't. No, but how would you? Come on. Could, no. We're at Michael's. How would you make it campy? It has to be a man-made waterfall, perhaps inside a house. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Okay, I love that. Um, oh, what is this? Yeah, that's... The number one, I do not. Okay, the last one, we'll say the Courtney Act Animal Kingdom couture where she, like, had, she's just walking, it's, like, regular, and then she presses, like, this thing, and these fucking giant wings come out, like, giant wings. That's, yeah, that's camp. It's, so there's, like, another nature mm -hmm. thing that we're artificing. You remember that? Yeah, mm -hmm. we saw that. We were, we were, like, what? Very impressive wings. Yeah. Well, She's walking with the wings closed up, but there are two big handles by her side. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like she's going to press those, and she didn't, and the wings were. That would be funny if she didn't. She's just like, that's just, No, that's camp. Right? Yeah. Um, oh, I do. I, I, one thing that I did really like in the, the essay towards the end is Susan Sontag says she's like a, a beautiful thing about appreciating camp or like having that aesthetic is that you're never at a lack of things to appreciate or like. Whereas an aristocrat or somebody who's like a, a dandy would be bored or disgusted by like a bad performance, right? It's like, well, they've denied themselves pleasure in the world. True. They've denied themselves a good time. Because if you have a camp aesthetic and can appreciate things on a different level because you're like, oh, Oh, bless them. Oh, this is fucking terrible. Yeah. I, lo I love it, but oh my God. Oh, oh yeah, those what is artists. Oh, she's crying now? The artists who are like, this is my art. This is serious art. And then they have like people in trash bags. 
and yeah. they're like, this is serious, take it seriously. If you were like, okay, I'm taking it seriously, then you would be like. Like I'm taking it seriously, but I don't get it. Yeah, you'd be like, in your heart of hearts, you'd be like, mm. but if you're like, oh my God, this is a train wreck, let's watch. Get the popcorn. <laughs> yes. Uh, you have found an extra way to enjoy and love life. So yeah. for you. Or like, yeah. Yeah. It's a little, yeah, sort of sort of hedonist pleasures, I suppose. And you have to find them where you can. So that's kind of a, yeah, a beautiful thing about camp. Sontag breaks down, she thinks there's really like sort of three different ways to interpret art, at least as of 1964. And so there's the high art, <laughs> listen to Mozart, for example. Um, but then there's like the camp appreciation, which we've just gone through. Um, and what's the third way? The third two is like, she's like, there's a form of art that's just supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and sad. Like Dostoevsky. Oh, like or, uh, Schenectady, New York. That might be a modern version of like cringe stuff, I suppose. Oh. Could be it. Like Utica? Or like Curb Your Enthusiasm, I suppose. Or like, <laughs> no, she's specifically talking about there's art that's made, supposed to just like, Explicitly, I think she's referencing like Kafka and Dostoevsky and existentialist literature and stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable. Like life oh, is terrible. Oh, like in Girls, like that box that like the box with the screaming things. Doubt Girls has, yeah, no. maybe that sounds like it was. It was. It, I mean, in Girls, they were making fun of that. Yeah, of, like uh, what that was attempting to do. Of uh, yeah, art that does make you feel a certain type of way. You have an emotional connection so, to it, but not through like through sort of discomfort. My art so teacher. So camp is in between. My art teacher, mm -hmm. like the only good one that I ever had that like actually said stuff was right and wrong, like Susan Sondra. Because <laughs> yeah. there's some people that, that are like, it's art, it's beautiful, like you can accept it. And it's like, some art is just shitty and like it's bad and you can say that and you can not consume it and that's fine. Um, we have to have standards. <laughs> so just because it's art doesn't mean it gets a pass. Mm -hmm. That's right. Like it doesn't matter how hard you worked on it. If it's if it's bad, it's fucking bad. Um, but my art teacher, I ran into her at like the uh, the bicentennial, like the Whitney mm -hmm. bicentennial. And she was like, "Your art was trash." Like no, no, she said like, it was bad. Like the Whitney, but it was like a bad art. Like it was this art was bad. And she said, "This is the art of despair." Every six months, I'm disappointed anew. But she would legit like erase your lines and she would draw them in like correct, which is like, thank you. You know, now I can draw pair. Wild. And perspective. She liked perspective. She liked pairs. You know, sometimes she, yeah, she could have said she was like, there's, there's some art that is like heavenly, like, you know, the Sistine Chapel or whatever. And there's art that is, takes you to hell like the Kafka and like disturbing existentialist stuff. That makes and then there's Jewish uh, purgatory, which is camp. Uh, or earth or just life on earth. <laughs> there's life on earth. Also Jewish and purgatory. And what we have is camp, yeah. um, which is appreciating how things are done. Oh yeah, we didn't get, we skipped a couple of musical genres too. We did talk about heavy metal. When you get into what I feel is modern camp music, uh, which is like hyper pop. Kawaii super bass. Kawaii super bass, uh, Sophie. R.I.P. Um, Hundred Gecks. Wait, she died from Corona, right? Or no? She fell died off, during Corona. Fell off a roof while taking oh, a picture right. of the moon. Yeah, that's campy as fuck. <laughs> Fucking sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, but uh. Music oh yeah, that... Melanie Martinez. Her whole crybaby aesthetic. Crybaby, also a very campy movie. That's not grandiose enough. It doesn't go for like. I don't feel it's extravagant enough. That's true. But like, babies, but like babies, but like babies, they're a thing. it's not bad art. Human babies, it's not bad they're music. they're campy, right? I don't even know. I mean, it depends how babyish. <laughs> yeah, if you have a crib, you if you're just be. like sexy, but like no, have because a pass the, the element of youth, though, right? What if you're like you're married to someone, but they're your daddy? Yeah, this and is they not, buy you one. This onesies. is not just like youth in the sense of like. They buy you one twenty, like you know, twenty somethings. This is you in the sense of like I'm a baby. I feel like that's pretty. I don't know how you. far you take the grandiosity of the the baby, the extravagance. How far do you take the baby? 
Whatever happened to baby Jane? Are we wearing diapers? Are we using them? Are we breastfeeding? Are we... How baby is this baby? Yeah. <laughs> or are we just dressing like one? How far? Intention, yeah. intention matters. Are we doing this because we think we can become a baby again? Or are we doing this because we just think babies no. creep people out? Yeah, intention exactly. Matters. Um, yeah. So I don't know how to feel about Melanie Martinez. But Clowns. I, the reason, if you could stop for a second, the reason <laughs> <laughs> clowns are getting, depending, something. Clowns know me. Shit, stop. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, the, the taking so much of, of Hyperpop and Koi Future Base are like extravagantly over the top production, like super detailed using weird 80s video game sounds and like Beyonce samples and like all sorts of like, really stuff that I couldn't like replicate as a producer difficult to make and it's you listen to it and you're like wild but you're like this is a fucking mess this like this is a song this sucks but god it's so well done which I feel makes it camp I feel like a lot of ASMR stuff is pretty campy because like it's like a love for something that is very like gaudy and like big fake nail like a lot of that aesthetic because the things that make nice sounds, they're like, like, I love ASMR where they talk about their poly gel nails and they're like, you know, they're like, okay, let me. But it's ASMR. It shouldn't matter what it looks like. It does. Because I get visual ASMR too. And one of, and my mom does also. And one of the things that we get is like very sparkly things, very, but they have to be. So like either a lot of real diamonds, which like, come on, we're not going to see that. Or like a lot of Swarovski crystals, like the mm -hmm. Bianca outfit or whatever. Like, but then the but then like a very like careful, precious like love of it and display of it. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, with ASMR, they're like, here's something that's tacky as fuck, but I care a lot about it, and I'm gonna show you like all its intricate. I'm gonna whisper about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So. Let's plug it. Yeah. Let's plug it. I can feel something